invite you to 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3, verses 16 through 18. Verses 16 through 18. And as you're turning there, I want to encourage you. Um, if you are in the center aisle, there should be an envelope there that has Annie Armstrong on it. We are beginning that emphasis, and I encourage you to take one and pass it down. And um, just like we do uh, um, Lottie Moon and Margaret Lackey, uh, we give. This goes toward our, our North American Mission Board. Uh, we have our IMB, then we have NAM, North American Mission Board, and all proceeds go to that. In the coming weeks, we'll be praying. There's some brochures out there out on the kiosk as well. So just want to bring that to your attention so that you can give and be a part of that as people are planning ministries, planning churches. We, we as each staff meeting, we meet at and meet in as a staff. Uh, Lori has a card that she puts together for me. We all sign it as a staff. And just like you, when we pray for you, we send a card in the mail that says you've been lifted up in our, in our, in our uh, staff meeting. But we, as a staff, pray for these. And I do get, I need to bring some of the letters that I receive back from these couples and families that are giving their lives to start churches or serve in some capacity in, in, in North America and in Canada but, um, and they're great testimonies, and uh, they sure do appreciate people that pray and, and pray for them. So, anyway, just want to be, let you be aware of that. First John, chapter 3, 16 through 18. When you found it, please ask you to stand quickly for the reading of God's Word. This is what it says. First John 3, 16 through 18. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? Dear children, let us not love, and here it is, dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. Father, in these moments that we have together, God, hide this vessel behind the cross, and I pray, God, just like our early service, that, God, you will speak to our hearts, and that, God, you will certainly, certainly challenge us to be people who back up our words with action. Thank you, God, that we know what true love is, that you backed up your word with action by coming into this world and dying on the cross for us and offering your sacrificial body to us. So as we go through this today, fill this vessel with the Holy Spirit, fill this place. Thank you, God, for the reading of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. How many of you have heard the phrase, talk is cheap? I certainly have. Matter of fact, I've been part of that statement. Maybe you know somebody or know someone that they, they talk, but they don't back up their words with actions. Uh, maybe you've heard somebody say something to the effect, I may get this wrong, but they are, they are all bark but no bite. Whatever the case is in this passage today, we will learn today that it is what true love is. Is it words or actions? Is it both? Can you have one without the other? 
Well, I believe pretty simply from what we've read that you certainly you must back up what you say because our Lord and Savior did. And we're going to look at that. But before we get into the three simple points that I want to bring to you about, about, word, about what true love is and, and uh, words or actions and backing that up with what you say by what you do. But let me, let me talk to you about this talk is cheap. I've heard people say, I've heard many of us say, I love my family. Maybe you use that. You certainly do. You say, I love, I love my family. Well, how do we back that up? More than just, 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 just words, how do we back that up? And I posed the question just like I did in the first service. I talked about, you know, one of the ways. I asked the, asked the ladies and then I asked the men, how do you know that your spouse loves you besides just saying, I love you? And we looked, we said a couple things. And being a pastor and being in counseling, I know that one of the ways that I know that when I say I love my wife and what she says to me um, or it wants to see that versus my words is through actions. One of those things, I do my best, I do my best to wash the dishes. I know that my wife, lo- I know that when I say I love my wife and she says prove it, one of the ways is, is that I wash dishes. I don't know about you, but that communicates. I've been in enough marriage counseling to know that little issues like that can break up a marriage. And I want my, I've heard ladies say that, that my husband tells me that he loves me, but he doesn't show it. Another way is simply uh, is, is cleaning the house. Ooh, that one's, ooh. Oh, uh, uh, uh. But anyway, uh, but one of the things that, cl- that confirms that, you know, the, hey, I love you, honey. I love you. And she wants me to demonstrate that. She enjoys, enjoys seeing that. Also, as well as that, is folding clothes. Folding clothes is a way. There are another, a number of other ways. But what I'm trying to simply say is, when they tell my wife that I love her, is it more than words, or can she come back, or someone come back, just like my boys, will show me that you love me. In other words, show me. Do what you say. Because one of the greatest challenges in my life and one of the greatest challenges in your life is when we meet here on Sunday, when we meet here on Sunday, and I'm going to get to this, another cliche that we say we love, is that are we one way on Sunday and then live a totally different life Monday through Saturday? And you may think that's trivial, but it's true. Because the second, or let me go back to family. I love my family. Let me, say, let me show you what the Bible says about you loving your family. Turn to 1 Timothy chapter 5, 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 8, and listen to God's word where it says about the family. I love my family. You know, well, how do I do that? How do I show that? Especially for me being the leader of the home, being the provider of the home. Listen to this, verse 8. 1 Timothy 5, 8 says, and again, backing up our words with actions. If anyone does not provide... For his relatives, and especially for those of his immediate family. He has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Wow, it's pretty strong. But we say we love our family, but we, if we don't back it up with words, we're basically living a lie. The second thing is this. Another cliche about talk is cheap is when I hear people say, I love my church. I love my church. I love my church. But they come Easter and they come Christmas. Or I I come one time every week. You know, I love First Baptist Church Canton. 
But during the week or during whatever, you know, one of the uh, individuals this morning said, if I love my church, I will be at my church. Now, let me say, church is not a building. Yes, church, but we do gather here. The church is people. The church is the bride of Christ. But when we say, I love my church, what do we mean by that? What do we back it up like? Well, you know, I, well, I, I, I tithe. That's great. Yeah, we, we ought to tithe. Let me tell you, hey, I, look, I strongly, God's word says tithe. But when you say you love your church, what do you back it up with? What do your actions say about your church? Let me share with you in Hebrews chapter 10. Many of you have heard this before, and I'm sure you, I mean, you're definitely going to hear it again. But Hebrews chapter 10, uh, is, and it's more than just church attendance, but let me show you what goes on in church, what goes on when we gather together. Or let me just say, instead of saying church, let me say assembly of believers, because the church in Acts chapter 2 definitely did show this and, and, and work this out. But in verse 24 of Hebrews chapter 10, it says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another. And all the more as you see the day, the day, the second coming of Christ approaching. Yes, we are to be with the family of believers, but let me say this. We can be with the family of believers and totally miss why we're there. One aspect, all of course, we know we're here to worship, we're here to pray, we're here to give, we're here to do that. But also, as a family of believers, we are to encourage one another. When have you encouraged a fellow believer? When have you encouraged someone who's walked in here that may be a guest? Have you encouraged somebody? Well, somebody may say, well, you know, I love my church with words, but what do we do with actions? And then I've, I've heard this. I've heard this cliche. I love God. I love Jesus with all of my heart. Funny thing is, on a negative side, I've heard people say that, and during the week, they live a totally different life and have no clue what damage they're doing to the family of God and to the witness of Jesus Christ by their life, by how they live in obedience to God. Because 1 John, 1 John, you go through and read the, all of 1 John, the love book, 1 John, loving one another. The Bible says also our, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And the second is unto like it, that you love your neighbor as yourself. And you, you know, I sometimes wonder if Christians, so-called Christians, love their brothers or sisters in Christ by the way they talk about them, by the way they gossip about them and by the way they tear someone down and, and you know I love my God but we don't live for God because in first John it says in chapter 4 verse 7 one of many verses go and read the whole book it is great it is putting our words into action dear friends let us love one another for love comes from God Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also love one another. When we hear the phrase, I love God. God, what do we mean? What do we mean by that? The Bible says, by their fruit you shall know them. By being obedient 
to God's word? Do people see your love for God or is it just mere words? And then, I, then this phrase, I love people. I love people. It's amazing how we do not match our words and actions with this when we say we love people. And yet we cut people down and we don't love them the way that God loves them. Let me show you from James chapter 1. James chapter 1, verse 27, uh, 27, and then in chapter 2, 15 through 17. James, if you know the book of James, James is the book that puts your words into practice. James is the book that says faith without works is dead. James is the book, I call it the, the book of action. It's the book of action. Not in order to be saved do we do good works, but in order that, and because we are saved. But James, you read the book of James, and it's got a lot to say about the tongue and words and, and backing up those words and this. But in, in for James chapter 1, verse 27, it says, Religion that God our Father accepts as faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. And look over in chapter 2. Verses 15 through 17. Supposedly a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to him, go, hey, go, I wish you well. I wish you well. Keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about his physical needs. What good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. One of the many ministries here and that we are practicing this afternoon is going down to Jackson, Mississippi. I'm going to preach, and we're going to minister to people there. I don't know who's going to show up. I don't know where they're going to show up from. But only by the grace of God, I pray that we will continue to be a church that this religion and what the Bible says, that we don't show favoritism, that we reach out and we reach out to people. But what about you personally? You personally, you say you love people, but how do you treat them? How do you have, you know, you, without the love of God, we would all have, I mean, prejudice runs deep in that. But we say we love people, and one day we're going to be in heaven where it says all nations, all nations are going to worship him. All nations are going are to be there all before God because God's blood spilt for every nation. How can we not love the nations down here on earth. So real quickly, here it is right here. Number one, I want to encourage you. What is true love? Words or actions? We must back up our words with actions. Number one, I encourage you, just like me, I had to come to a point in my life where I have done a lot of talking, but I've not done a lot of action, where I must, number one, straighten up your words and actions. Repentance. Go to God and go before God and get it straight. Say, Lord, you know, sometimes I've done a lot of talking, but I've not done a lot of action and backed up my words, as it says there in 1 John. Straighten up your words and action. 1 Timothy chapter 4, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 says this, Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. Train yourself to be godly. Don't be someone who does a lot of talking but doesn't back up what you say, especially in the kingdom of God. Number two, not only straighten up your words and actions, pay attention to what you say, 
pay attention to how you back those up. Don't tell someone you're going to do something and then not do it. And I understand there's room for grace. There's room where we, you know, sometimes we say something we're going to do and then we don't do it and we apologize. Absolutely. At least confront it. At least face it. But remember to straighten up your words and actions. Number two is back up what you say. Back up what you say. He said there in verse 18, Dear friend, dear, ch- dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. Let me show you how Jesus, go back to verse 16. Back to verse 16. He said, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down, here it is, action. God promised it. The Old Testament promised that a Messiah was coming But Jesus fulfilled God's promise and God's word where it said Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for others. Sacrifice. God's actions spoke louder than his words. He said Jesus came down and laid down his life. In Colossians chapter 4, in Colossians chapter 4, verse 6, it says, let your conversation always be full of grace, seasoned with salt. What does salt do? Salt makes you thirsty. Makes you thirsty. In other words, let your conversation be that attracts people. Don't just say what you're going to say, but back it up. Let your words mean something. Demonstrate in your life, but let your words Let your words be full of grace instead of slander, instead of malice, instead of gossip. Let them, don't let your life reflect just mere talk, but let it focus on action. And then back in James, back in James chapter 1, verse 22, James chapter 1, verse 22 says this, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it is says. Do what it says. How many, I, I, I know the answer to this question. I don't know about the, the, uh, the uh, recent generation, but how many of you, and this is, this is very, this is a very old, old story, and, um, but, but how many of you, how many of you uh, got a whooping with a switch? I did. Oh, it's like, well, it's like, oh, wait, we have some younger, even some recent. Y- y'all have, y'all been really whipped by us. Okay. Whippings. It's, it could be plural, Bill. It can be plural. How many of you, though, how many of you, though, you had to go get the switch? <laughs> and I still remember that. I do, boy. I do, man. I, and and what, what I didn't realize is, is that when that first happened, I thought the bigger the stick would be, the, the harder that it would feel. Until I got the smallest switch on the branch. And then when that switch came across those legs, ow, man, that little thing can hurt, brother. Why? Because I didn't do what I was told. In other words, there was no actions behind the words, and it cost my sitter down some switches. Causes my legs from looking, they already look as white as mayonnaise if you saw them. But anyway, I wore them last night to the baseball game. And man, even my own chairman and deacon said something about my legs last night. But anyway, no, I'm kidding. I'm messing, I'm messing with you. He didn't, but others did. And you're in here. Don't lie about it. Liar, liar, pants on fire. But anyway, 
But man, I'm telling you, my legs back then, son, you could tell. But today, and I don't want to get into all this, but today the human rights and all this stuff, but I'm telling you, it got my attention. And you know, I didn't want to do that no more. Because my, my words didn't match my actions. You see, when we see people or we hear people and they give us their word. Now, here in the text, you're having ministry that goes on to say, yeah, I love God, I love my church, I love people, but if we do not meet the needs of people, we are like a, gone, a, a, a clinging symbol. It's just, it's just there. It's, there's no matching our life. And we say we love Jesus, but we don't live for Him and help people and reach out to people and do what God's Word says. We must back up what we say. So straighten up, back up, And then number three, stand up for what you live by. He says there, he says there in actions and in truth. Truth. What's the truth? Is the word of God. Psalm 119, the longest chapter in the Bible. The longest chapter in the Bible. Psalm 119, 160. Psalm 119, 160. And here's here's what truth is. A number of verses can back this up. But here's the thing. Psalm 119, 160 says, All your words are true. All your righteous laws are eternal. And then stand up for what you believe in. Listen, all generations in here today. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12. Listen to this. You talk about what true love is, words or actions, backing up your words with actions, or backing up actions, backing up your words with actions and your actions with words. Listen to this. Don't let anyone look down on you because you were young. And here it is. But set an example. Set an example for the believers. And guess what the first word is? Speech. Yep. Not only talk it. But live it. Then he goes on to say, in speech, in life, in love, in faith, and in purity. My prayer is, as simple as this is today, that I do believe that with our life, we speak loud with how we live our lives. Not necessarily with words, but with our life. And Does our life reflect the gospel of Jesus Christ? In loving God, in loving people, in loving our family, loving our church. I pray so. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you, God, for this wonderful time that we've had. Thank you for this simple message today. Let us be reminded that, God, people are certainly watching. So I pray that, God, you would guide our invitation today. But let me speak to you here this morning. Does your life, does your life reflect Jesus Christ do you know for certain that if you die today that you would be in heaven have you ever trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior I'm not talking about going to church I'm not talking about just saying a prayer I'm, not just talking, I'm talking about do you, do, is your life reflective do you bear fruit do you I mean, I mean that's the bottom line do you know Jesus Christ does he know you as, as, as his Lord and Savior do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior My dear friend, if you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, my dear friend, one day your life is going to come to an end. 
And when you pass from this life, it's either heaven or it's hell. There's no second chances after death. The Bible says, for all is sin and come short of the glory of God. The Bible says, there is none that doeth righteous, no, not one. The Bible says, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. My dear friend, you can receive the forgiveness of Jesus Christ today by simply inviting Him into your life, repenting of your sin, and allowing God to transform your life. No change, no Jesus. No Jesus, no change. If that's you here today, I want to encourage you on the very first note to step out. And Logan and I will be glad to lead you to Jesus Christ. But I dare would say, don't leave this place without knowing Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Or maybe, God, you've been visiting for a while here and God is calling you to become, become, to become a part of this church. Maybe God is calling you to do that. Maybe God is calling you to be baptized scripturally. Or maybe God just may just be calling you to come and pray with me or Logan or just to come and, or just right there where you are. Get this straight with God about how you live and how you say things. But whatever the decision is, you be obedient to what God would have you to do. Father, we thank you, God, again for your goodness in Jesus' name. I'm going to ask you to stand quietly and reverently. You come, you sing. You sing, you come. I'm here at the front. You come, step out right now.